Richard, how did people living in this area deal with winter coming on? Well, one of the first things we'd have to do is make sure we had enough resources for the winter, and that meant food. So we would have been gathering throughout the summer. We would have moved up to the upper elevations, or some of our people would have. We would have followed the vegetation as it ripened and grew, and we'd go all the way up to Bear Valley and and areas like that. We had a very large campsite there in Bear Valley. We had grinding stones there and everything else, so there's very good evidence that we followed the vegetation and the animals, because the animals would have moved up there also, the deer and some of the elk. So we would have followed them up and been gathering and drying foods up there and then bringing a lot of it back with us when we moved back to our traditional village, which would have been the Nevada City Rancheria or Reservation as time moved on and um, returned to our regular homes. Some of the elders would have stayed back and like our elder men would have gone down to the Yuba River, which was just over the hill. They would have stayed there most of the summer. They would have been gathering eels through a a net and uh, then cleaning them and drying them on the big rocks down on the river for the winter food. The other thing that we'd be gathering up is grass seeds. So we would have harvested a ton of grass seeds for the winter stock as well as food to eat we would be gathering acorns in the fall. Black oak trees, which was our favorite acorn, and favored by most other people like the the coastal tribes and the tribes on the other side of the Sierras. I went to a gathering some years ago with folks from all over Northern California, and the big surprise there for me was that different acorns taste different. But you got to remember, the people that live like on uh, uh, in certain spots just got used to eating that style of acorns. But when they got a chance to get black oak acorns, that was that was really a treat for them. So the, it was a trading item that was very important to our people to obtain items uh, that other t- tribal people had in from different parts of California. When we had big get-togethers, that's what they would trade for. They'd bring their supplies up and stuff that they had that we did not, and they would trade for acorns and, and other items like that. One thing you need to realize is that acorn groves belong to the family. So they'd have large acorn groves that they would maintain Black oak trees don't start producing acorns till after about 50 to 60 years. And then on a 60-year oak tree, they only produce, you know, 20, 40, 50 pounds of acorns. So a tree that would be producing a great amount would be like a 200-year-old tree that produced, you know, six, 7,000 acorns. The forest people discovered when they were surveying the forest that there was large groves, old growth, that were rectangular, which meant they had to be placed that way, which would never produce acorns for that generation. It would be the following generations that would benefit from the, the growth of those trees. So The grove itself, in other words, the way the trees were arranged one to another, was a rectangle. 
rectangular in shape, yeah, if not square, yeah. So that would be easy to harvest, and you only went to one place. And that was considered the property of the family. So trespassing in those areas was taboo, as well as trespassing on the rivers. In the fishing spots, that was also considered the property of the family. So you did not trespass. That was one of the, the laws of our people was not to trespass. How big was a family? How many generations? How many people? A family consisted of all the male and heirs. All the females were um, with their husbands to their families. A standard family would consist of the grandfather, the, the sons of that grandfather, then the sons of that generation, and then the children. So an average family could consist of 8, 10, 12 people. But as the family grew, they had to increase the shelter. So they would add and extend another 10 feet to their standard structure. It also meant that they had to gather more food and everything else. So we would have been preparing for winter by gathering acorns, grass seeds. Pine nuts was another great food for our people, but it was also important for our babies because that was the first solid food that we'd feed our, our babies, a mush that was made of ground-up pine nuts and waters. The gray pines were the most important pine nut to our people, but we also used the nut as decorations. We'd grind the ends off, knock out the nut, and then we would lace them into a necklaces or danglies from the ears or from the clothing and bracelets. You mentioned that the elders on the Yuba would catch and dry eel. How else were foods preserved? Well, the acorns would be gathered from underneath the acorn trees, but we had to burn all the grasses and duff and, and debris away from underneath the trees early, late summer, very, very early spring so that we would eliminate the insects as well as clean the area, but we had to eliminate the insects that went up oak trees that would worm the acorns, which would devastate the quality and quantity of acorns that we could harvest. Very often you pick up an acorn off the ground, it's got a little tiny hole in it, and you know that one's gone. Yes, so that was a common practice. The grass fields would be burned every season too, so that would bring uh, another good harvest the following year. The other benefit we'd get from burning underneath the oak trees was a mushroom harvest. When they came into production, we could identify and eat 15 different varieties of mushrooms that our women would gather and dry for the winter. And in the meats, we'd harvest venison, elk, antelope, as well as any animal that basically walked on the ground. You know, we'd eat raccoons and skunks and mountain lions and bobcat very commonly was a food for us. And we would dry those meats also by cutting them into long strips and smoking them and also just drying it over branches and bushes and stuff. And then those would go into our food storage area. Richard, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. I hope we can speak some more about this real soon. I would love to. Thanks very much. I've been speaking with Richard Johnson, 
chair of the Nevada City Nisinan tribe. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller.